0: Welcome to this lesson. I'm so excited about this lesson. This is a very important and practical lesson where I'm going to give you some tools how you can obey Jesus in what He has called you to. Today I'm going to try to put everything together we have learned on the Pioneer School onto now and give you those tools so you can start to obey Jesus in what He has said in Luke 10. So you can start to Preach the gospel, heal the sick. So you can start to make disciples, to see people repent, get baptized in water and the Holy Spirit. So it's a practical lesson where I'm going to give you some simple tools and share a lot of testimony that can encourage you to take the next step and come in and live the life we read about in the book of Acts. So God bless you. Welcome to the Pioneer School and welcome to this lesson, I really look forward to share this word with you today. Today I'm going to be very practical, I'm going to give you some simple tools today. If you do this simple, I'm going to talk about today, it's not only going to change your life, but it's going to change many people around you. It's going to create a movement that's going to change the world. Because this is so simple. At the same time, this is so powerful. And it's all about obeying Jesus and what he has commanded us to do. And I could tell a lot of stories what God had done the last weeks. I'm going to tell you more when I'm going through uh, the teaching this time. Uh, But we have been in Turkey, we have been in Sweden, and God has done a lot of things. And I hear so many testimonies from the Pioneer School and I believe that when this lesson and the next lesson is going to come out, it's going to change so much around the world. And it's going to change around the whole world because God is spreading this. Yesterday, I got three interesting emails almost at the same time. And I think this is so exciting more God is doing. There was one from Canada who wrote to me that she was so excited about the Pioneer School, and she speaks French, and she wants to translate the Pioneer School into French for the French-speaking places. At the same time, I, somebody wrote to me from Russia. He wanted to translate the Pioneer School into Russian. Almost at the same time, I got an email. Somebody who asked if I want to get the have the pioneer school translated into Chinese because he had some contacts and they will try to work on that. And I'm so excited because almost at the same time, we got I got those three emails with those three important languages: French, Russian, and Chinese. And I believe that God is doing something incredible all over the world, and this is just starting. And I believe today, where, when I'm going to be very practical, is so important, and the next time where we are going to end the Pioneer School. Last time I spoke about Luke 10, and we're going to go through that again. And I spoke, And I've been speaking about the church. Uh, If I very fast go through it, we have the church, the most simple form is to love God, love your neighbor, and make disciples. This is what Jesus has called us to. The two great commandments, love God and love your neighbor. And the great mission, go out and make disciples. This is what we need to do. But the problem is often that we put that in a box where it becomes, everything has to happen in a building, we have to have staff, professional people who are able to do it, who have an education. So we only become a few people who actually do it. We have a program, almost the same, no matter where you are, because it's built on the same system, and money and budget. And as I said before, the church, as I have a quote also I have used in my book, Christianity started out in Israel as a fellowship, so Christianity was a fellowship, it was a movement, it was revival Christianity, led by the Holy Spirit, but then it moved to Greece and became a philosophy, then it moved to Italy and became an institution, it moved to Europe and became a culture, and it came to America and became a Enterprise, a business. But as I've said before, if we make a business out of a body, because the church is a body, then it's prostitution. And Jesus is not going to come back and get a prostitute, he's going to come back and get a bride. A bride that is holy, a bride that is obeying him. And because of that, I believe we are standing in front of a great reformation of the church, where we are going to see everything change. Where everything is going to come back to what it was supposed to. What we read about also in the book of Acts, revival Christianity. <laughs> where people were led by the Holy Spirit, where they obeyed Jesus, where people did not just ask Jesus into the heart or did a lot of other things, but where there was deep repentance from sin, baptism in water at the same day, and baptism with the Holy Spirit. But all of that, as I said, changed through the church history with the Catholic Church. And then we got the reformation, but it was only a small change since here and there. And this is the foundation we build on if we are Baptists, Methodists, Adventists, Pentecost, No matter what background we have, we are building somehow on our church history. So this is some of the things I've been speaking about through the Pioneer School. And last time I spoke then about Luke 10, and I'm going to go through that again this time, and then be very practical and share a lot of testimonies out of Luke 10, how this is working. But before we are going to start, I want to pray, because this is important. This is a really important message. Everything Jesus is saying about Luke 10, everything about the church history, the box, the system, is so important. And it's so difficult for people to understand if the Holy Spirit is not dealing in them. But for all of those who where the Holy Spirit is dealing and working, David just experienced this as life. This is setting people free. But I will pray. God, I thank you for everything you're doing. I thank you for, for all the testimonies that is happening through the Pioneer School. Thank you because you are letting this out to the whole world. And thank you because you are building your churches and we want to be part of it. And I pray that you help us today and you help me today to share this word. Help me to be led by your Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit, and open eyes, open the ears and the hearts for everybody who's hearing this message so they're able to receive it and it's going to become life for them. It's going to help them to obey you, Jesus, and come in and re- live the life we read about in the book of Acts. Amen. Yeah. Luke 10. Jesus sent his disciples out and he sent them out and then he said to them afterwards, go out make disciples of all other nations and baptize them and get them to obey what I've just commanded you. So because of this, then Luke 10 is not only for those disciples at that time, because it's also for us today whose disciples and it's also for people we are going to disciple in the future. In Luke 10, Jesus, he starts saying, the harvest is plentiful and ripe. So the harvest is plentiful, the harvest is ready, is ready for harvest. And he's also saying, I talked about that last time when he sent us off in Matthew 28, he's talking about, we have all power and anointing. So as I said last time, the harvest is not the problem. The problem is not that we need more anointing, more power. If we have the Holy Spirit, we have it all. No, the problem is that the workers are few. And because the workers are few, Jesus has called us to pray the Lord of the harvest to send out workers. And it's standing in Luke 10, 2. And it's good therefore to remember that every morning, 2 minutes over 10, every evening, 2 minutes over 10, then pray this simple prayer. God, God, I pray that you are going to send out workers to the harvest. Because when you remind yourself of that every day to pray God to send out workers, He's going to do it. He's going to change something. And, and we see it in Denmark right now. We see a big, big change. I I, I just got a testimony a few days ago from a friend who's living in another city. And when I read this testimony, I was like, "Whoa, this is amazing. He wrote that testimony to show us that it's important that we don't give up after praying one time, but we have to continue praying until things happen. And he shared a testimony because some people were in a city here in Denmark, there they one who was selling telephones, or yeah, selling out on the street. And they met her and they asked her if she had something they can pray for and they told her about God. And then she said, no, actually, no, I'm healed. But then she said something interesting. She said, a few weeks ago, I was te- selling telephones in another city in Denmark. Somebody came to me and talked to me about God and prayed for me. I had problem in the back. It became a little better, but I was not healed. But then a few days later, I was in another city. And somebody also came and talked to me about Jesus and prayed for me, and it became better. And then a few days ago, I was in this city and two different persons came to me and asked me and both prayed for me and when the last one prayed, I was completely healed. And he shared that testimony to show that it's important to continue praying. But for me that testimony is also so amazing because now you can go to many bigger cities in Denmark and there is chances that you are going to meet somebody out on the street who's talking to you about God and who's praying for sick people. And it was unheard of just two years ago, three years ago, or maybe one year ago. A few years ago, there was only a few, few people who was out in the harvest that way. But now in Denmark, if you go to that, 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 or that city, there is big chances that somebody's going to stop you, tell you about God, and pray for you, and you are going to experience healing. And I think it's so amazing how this has developed in so short time, and more and more people start to come in to the harvest. And we're not only talking about it has to be out on the street, it had to be, because it has to be an everyday life when people are shopping, when people are singing in a gospel choir, when people are, at, are are on work or different places. So it's important to pray the Lord of the harvest to send our workers. But after Jesus said we should pray that, he said I send you out as lamb among wolves, so we do not only pray, he also sent us out as lamb among wolves, but he's with us when we are out there among wolves. And uh, because we are among wolves, it's important that we are wise. It's important that we are led by the Spirit also, but we should not be afraid. Why? Because he is with us. Another thing he said, go and God will provide your needs. And then he have commanded us to find a personal peace. Find somebody who is ready to receive Jesus or who wants to hear more. Find somebody who wants to hear what you are saying. Find somebody who will not only discuss with you and talk about a lot of things and really don't want to hear. And I think it's important, those things. And when you find some of those persons, the person of peace, then don't be fast to invite them to your church. Stay in their house, eat and drink what they serve. Of course, heal the sick and preach the gospel. And then when you find somebody, again, who are not a person of peace, who don't want to receive the message, then brush the dust off and move to the next one. This is what Jesus has commanded us to do, and and I can share some testimony just for the last weeks. Uh, For example from Turkey. Um, For Turkey, I I have two experiences of personal peace. I have experience that just show that this is what God is doing. And I can tell one story. We were in Ankara, a big city there, and we were out to train and equip people, make disciples. But then uh, I was walking with my son Sonny, and uh, he was helping us uh, evangelizing and praying for sick people. And then suddenly we got lost, me and Sonny. We were together with somebody who spoke Turkish who could translate for us, but suddenly our translator was God. And we were lost there. And like, hey, where are all the rest? So there was only me and him, and like, what shall we do? <laughs> Uh, we need somebody to translate for us because people don't speak English there. So we just want to find somebody who could speak English. Or we could also say, I want to find a personal piece. peace. I want to find that person who spoke English, or I was thinking in my mind, that person Jesus wanted me to find. So I was going around saying, excuse me, do you speak English? Excuse me, do you speak English? Do you speak English? And I was going around. Looking. I was looking for somebody who was translating, who could translate for me. The same way I normally look for somebody who's ready to receive. Of course, normally I don't ask them, excuse me, do you speak English? I ask them other questions to find out who is the person of peace. But then I asked a lot of people, maybe 20, 30 people, and I found somebody who spoke English. And I, you speak English? Yes. Are you good to English? And he was good to English. So I was like, yes. So so I started to ask him, uh, excuse me, are you sick? Do you have pain? Because we're out here to pray for sick people. And he said, no, 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 no. But I'm an atheist. I don't believe in religion. I don't believe in God. And I was thinking in the beginning, like, oh, yeah, we find find somebody who spoke English, and he was an atheist. But what I've learned is, it's not on, don't always listen to what they say because there is sometimes a reason for w- w- saying what they are saying. And he said he was an atheist, but he was only an atheist because he don't know what it was all about. I felt that very clear. So I said to him, yeah, you are atheist, but this is because you have not met God. If you meet God, when well, you then continue... Be- be an artist. And he looked at me like, meet God, what, what, what do you mean? You cannot meet God. Yes, of course you can. And I shared a lot of testimony. And then while I was sharing the testimony, two girls came. And I wanted to demonstrate for him that this was not just words. So I said to him, can you help me two seconds? Can you translate for me? And he said yes. And I stopped those two girls and I said, can you help me? And he translated for me to those two girls, but nobody of them was sick and nobody was open, so we let them go. And then he looked at me and said, do you really, you really believe what you are saying? And I said, of course I believe. I want to see that, he said. I said, okay, but then you had to help me. You have to translate for me. I said, okay, I will translate for you. And then he took my arm and said, come with me. And he drew me. And he went to a bench where there was sitting a lot of people, he said, excuse me, I didn't know what he said, but he went around asking people to find somebody who was sick. And then he found someone and said, come, come, this man had a problem in the back. Now you do it. And it was so amazing to experience that moment, that setting. And I was like, wow, interesting. I prayed for this guy and nothing happened. I prayed again and nothing happened. And my friend, the atties friend, he started to smile, but I didn't get, didn't get off and uh, give up. So I prayed again the third time, and nothing happened. And now he started to smile and laugh, <laughs> and I was like, "Please God, what is happening?" And I prayed again the fourth time, and this time he was completely healed. And my atties friend didn't laugh anymore, and he was like, "What? Are you healed? Stand up. What? What?" Stand, bend down. Stand up. Where, where did it hurt? you do not hurt anymore. And he started to check this guy and got him to do a lot of things and sit down and stand up and bend down and everything. And when he saw that he was healed, he was like, what is happening? So he took my arm and said, more. And he draw me again. And he just took me from people to people. And one time we find a big group of 10 young people. Where we saw five got healed, one after the other just got healed. And I shared the gospel with them, and he, tra- he translated everything. And then afterwards, he said to me, What can I do to get what you have? Now he has fallen away, he has. He was not an atheist anymore. He had fallen away from that belief that he was an atheist. (laughs) Now he believed in God. So he asked me, what can I do to get what you have? And it's so interesting because he said, heal the sick and preach the gospel. If I was doing a lot of preaching only to him, it, it would never have convinced him because he was really an atheist. He, he didn't want to have anything to do with God or religion, but when he saw people get healed, it opened his eyes. So he suddenly asked me, what can I do to get what you have? And I, I, and I took him to the gospel, and it really touched him, but then uh, I had to go, or he had to go because he was with somebody. But the day after, he called me again and said, Tom, can we meet again? I have some other friends who want to meet you and who need prayer. So the day after we meet, met the same place and he came with eight friends and two of them got healed. And you can see it in the video we make from Turkey, that two people got healed there. And then I invited them to Burger King because there was Burger King just beside where we were standing. And we sat down with, I sat down there with eight people and uh, we shared the gospel. I shared the gospel for, for everybody. After we have shared the gospel, we went to the church because we had a gathering there and we need to meet with some other people, and out of those eight people, there was six, six people who followed us. And the reason I invited them to the Burger King before the church was that, that then I could get the chance to share the gospel for everybody, because when I said, now we need to go to the church, there was two people who left us who didn't want to go to the church. And it's always like that. Sometimes it's okay to invite people to church. I don't say we cannot do that, but it's more—it's you know, much easier to gather people if we meet a public place or in a house or in a place where people are used to coming. But I came to the church with six people suddenly. One person, personal peace, became six or you know, him and six friends—in a church. And we were there, and I took them in the basement, one after the other, and prayed for them. And it was so interesting, because they were like really at The guy, he had a t-shirt on with angel who was smoking and playing poker. Another guy had a t-shirt on with a picture of Satan, where it stands, God is busy, can I help you? And it was so interesting, when I prayed for them, with the guy with the t-shirt with Satan, I was praying and the Holy Spirit touched him. And I was just looking into the eye of Satan, who was looking at, out of that picture. And I am like, leave him, leave him in the name of Jesus. And God did a lot of things, and three persons is now going to get baptized. The one I found and two friends are ready to receive Jesus and get him baptized. So it was an amazing day and again it just showed that this is what God wants us to do. When I was out that day, I was looking for one person. One person who could translate for me, but also one person of peace. I was looking for that one person God wanted me uh, me to meet that day. And that person came. He said he was at his beginning. But I, I be, did not become afraid. Like I spoke about last time when Jesus went in Luke four to Samaria and met the woman. He was not looking at the outward things. He was not looking at a Samarian woman. He was looking inside and saw that the harvest was ready and there was a person of peace. So it's all to do with how we view things and I saw this atheist, a bold guy with big big beard. And outside you will not think of him as a person of peace. And because also he says very clear that he's an atheist. He don't believe in God. But he was the door opener into his friends. He was the door opener into that network. And God is starting and continue building in that. So when I say Don't take people to church, it's not like you are not allowed to do it. It's not now uh, like you are not allowed and it had to be in the house, it has to be that. It's just important to be led by the Spirit and do what is effective. And for those people, it was effective to meet a Burger King first and then take them to the church where they could meet the other people. Other times, it's effective to do other things. So it was one story I have from uh, Turkey, another story was an amazing story, it was a guy from Iran who came. And this guy from Iran I got in contact with. He came with uh, 8 family members who got baptized in water. And it was an amazing day. And here you just again see that Jesus is the same as we read in the book of Acts. He's alive. The Holy Spirit is alive. The Kingdom of God is not words only. It's not building and programs and staff and budget. It's life. It's revival Christianity. And it became so clear with this guy from Iran, because his story was that 3 years ago he died. He died. He was out of an accident. And he died and came out of his body, and he saw himself laying there. His brother come running and kneeling down beside his body. Then a lot of shadows came, and there come more and more and more, many, many shadows came. And in the end it was so dark there, so he could not see himself and his brother anymore. But then a light came, and when the light came, pff, all shadows disappeared. And then he woke up in his own body. And later, he was driving a taxi, and in the back of the taxi, he found a Bible and a Jesus movie, and he saw that it was Jesus who had came to him. He gave his life to Jesus, but in the beginning, he didn't know other Christians. So he experienced, often when he had problems and things he didn't understand, the Holy Spirit taught him. He experienced, he got dreams from God, where God in the dream showed him what he needed to know, and through that, God worked in him. But he wanted to get baptized, and many of the others was not baptized in Holy Spirit and water also. So we met, God led us together, we met. We a normal afternoon sat down in our private uh, house or in our apartment shared the gospel, prayed the Holy Spirit fall over them. The people who are not baptized with the Holy Spirit, got baptized with the Holy Spirit, started to speaking tongues. His father, he fell down with a, a lot of heart pain, really incredible pain in the heart. It was a demon, suddenly he stand up and ran out of the toilet and pew, and that demon left him, and he was so happy and he was free, and eight people got baptized in water. And it was so strong, and I'm going to give up a video with the testimony, with his testimony, where you see it. I want to say say that if we start to obey what Jesus has commanded us, we are going to experience a total new life. The life we are living today is built on those things Jesus is saying. And it became so much clear just a few days ago, because a few days ago, we, uh, and I can share the story. We were in South Africa and there God spoke to us that we are going to experience some changes in the family. Some changes that are going to be good for us as a family. Later God spoke to me that it was time to expand. And uh, we were in England where the people we stayed with got a dream about us. Where they saw a new house with big white windows and, uh, and what, how God wants to give us a new place. And all of those things, it became clear for me that now it's time to expand. We need more room. I'm making this video here in our basement in a house we have rented, but it's, I cannot follow up on all the emails anymore. I cannot follow up on, on the invitation. I cannot follow up on all the things that is happening anymore. So I need some people to help me to work with us. And because of that, I need more room. I need some room for office. I need more room to do the TV programs and everything God is saying. So we were looking for another house to rent in this city. And we don't know so many people in this city because we only been here a few years and the last year we have been traveling a lot. And we are looking for another house, but just last week we were like, suddenly we were like, we cannot find a house. It's like every time we almost found another place to rent, it was like the door closed. Like the Holy Spirit hindered us in it. So last week we were so confused and we were like, what is happening? And my wife, she was ready to move. She had been packing over a month in in faith because she knew it's God, and God has something new for us. So she had been packing without knowing where we should go. So last week we were praying, and we said, "God, what shall we do? What shall we do?" God, why is that and we need another place and we also need workers to work with us. Because this is also a problem. We need the right workers to help us to expand and do what God has said we should do. And suddenly God spoke to us. It was, it was I'm never going to forget it. It was so amazing. God spoke, move to this city. And suddenly he said we should move to another city in Denmark. A big city, two hours from where we are living. And we're like, move to this city. But whoa! And, and we know a lot of people there, and, and we have friends there many years, and I know many Christians in the churches there. But we always have like, no, we are living here, and this is where we should stay now. And we are moved around in this area and suddenly move to this city in a big city in that area. But it just became clear. And I was like, whoa, and I suddenly saw all ideas, ideas were coming to me, vision, how we could work, and if we did this, and if we do this, then we could expand that way. So I went to the internet to try to find out how to rent, not in our city now, but in that new city. And I went in and, I f- and there was two houses that was ready, that was good, we could use for private house, for ministry, for everything. And I was like, whoa, But the prices was really, one of them was really expensive. It was like, it was uh, to just take over the house. You have to pay about um, $17,000 just to take over the house. It's 100,000 Danish crowns. And I was like, but we don't have 100,000 Danish crowns. We never have 100,000 Danish crowns. (laughs) So like, okay, what shall we do? And then we also found a house that was cheaper, that was also good, we could use, that was even better in many ways. But we didn't have any money. We didn't have many money for the expensive house or money for the cheap house. We didn't have money, but we just felt like this is God. Then we went to bed. When I woke up in the morning, I was taking my telephone and I was looking at my bank account just to see what was happened. And there I got a shock. And I was looking and I was like, there's something wrong here. <laughs> there is something I have never seen before. What is this? And I was really in shock because there was one more di- digital than normal. And I what is this? And then I went in and that day there was somebody who had just given us 100,000 Danish crowns. And I was like, Whoa, like I just knew this is God now. This is God. This guy, I've never seen him, I have never met him. He didn't know anything about the ideas and what God had been saying to us the day before moving to that house about everything the house. And I've never experienced somebody giving us that amount of money before. And I was like, Whoa, this is God. So we went there. We saw the uh, expensive house, but it was not that. We saw the cheap house, and it was just God. And we saw, this is God. This is God. And now we have rented it. And in three weeks, we are moving. And we don't need to wait a half year and go through a lot of things. If God said this is what we need to do, we do it. So in three weeks, we are going to move to another city. So when I'm finished with the last lesson on the Pioneer School, we are packing everything together. Then we are moving to another city and it's going to be a new beginning for us. And already now we have different couples who's moving with us, who's going to help us. And it's really going to be a new beginning for us as a family. And there is an airport only 15 minutes from where I'm living and where we're going to live. So it's going to be so much easier for me to travel in the future. And again, it became so clear because somebody said to me later when they heard it, Yeah Tom, but they have also not received you in this city you are in now. And suddenly I saw it. Whoa. Because we moved to this city a few years ago, but it's like people in this city have not received us. The Christians have not received the message. But the other city, already now, we have so many people who say, you are answered for prayer, we have been waiting for you. and We have been praying that something will happen in the city and now you are coming, we want to work with you. And I see that in that city, they are receiving us so different in a stronger way than this city we have been in. But this is also what Jesus is saying, when he said, brush the dust off. He said, if you come to a city and they will not receive your message, then do this and go to the next city. It's not only people we are talking about, it's also sick cities. And this is what we just experienced last week. And then go to the next. And what? Go, and God will provide your needs. We went there, and as soon as we got our eyes off this on this, and said, this is what God is saying now. He provided our needs. Not before, because then we have done something wrong. We, but when we do what we are supposed to do, God is doing what He has called us to. So everything Jesus is saying here, It's not only theology, this is life, and this is what we are living on today. The vision Jesus has given us, and this is for everybody. And when you start to obey those simple things and do this, you're going to experience the same amazing testimonies, as I can tell from just the last three weeks. And here's just some of the testimonies. So this is uh, what Jesus has said. I want to share some testimonies about personal peace and brush the dust, brush the dust off your hands. Uh, I found a personal peace some years ago, a woman who uh, got saved, baptized in water, Holy Spirit. And she started to use her house and out of that there is like 20 people who are gathering right now. And many people start to get saved there and, and I came there and helped them and, and I work with them. And she also had a brother, and she invited me one day for because he wanted me to talk to her brother about God. And I sat there and I talked to the brother, but I just felt that he is not ready to receive. So I shared what I could share, and then I continued to the next one. And other people. So I did what Jesus said, and in the meantime, I found a lot of other personal peace who was ready to receive. One year later, I came back to the same person, and this time, we had a gathering where he was there. And I asked people, why are you here? And people said, I've seen your video, I want to get kickstarted, I want to do that, and I want to do that. And he said, I want to have Jesus, I cannot live, I try to live this life, I'm living sin, I need forgiveness, I want Jesus, I want what my sister has. And it was so strong because this was exactly the same person, just one year after. And I saw that day he repented, he got baptized in water, baptized with the Holy Spirit. His life got changed that day. But if we have continued working with him and talking, tong, 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 the year before when where he was not ready to receive, it had not helped him. It have not helped him. He maybe did the opposite that he like, no, I don't want to hear it anymore. But because we are listening to the Spirit, we shared something and let the Holy Spirit then work in him. And then went to other people, and later suddenly he was ready to receive. So sometimes people have to go through a period of time where they lost their job, where they Experience bad things where they suddenly wake up, or they're going to go to a time where they think about things they heard before. There is a period where God is working in us. So, when I said that sometimes we should brush the dust off and go to the next, it don't mean that they are cursed forever, it just means let them be, let the Holy Spirit work in them, pray for them, work with other people in the meantime, and then. When you come back later, you will experience the same person who is suddenly ready to receive. Another personal piece, how a small, small, small um, idea, small led by the Holy Spirit can end up with amazing things. short time ago, a few years ago, I was on the internet, Christian internet uh, uh, website to find an article. And I was looking through the website to find that article and suddenly I saw somebody who was asking a question about God in a forum or so. And I just saw that very fast and I am like okay, it was not why I was there. So I continued to find that article. And then I felt the Holy Spirit said, personal peace, go back. Because when you start to pray and look, it's easier to find, it's easier for the Holy Spirit to lead you. And there experience, go back. So suddenly I forgot all about what I was doing with finding the article, instead I was f- trying to find that question again. And I found that question and I wrote to that girl who was asking the question, her name was Dorte. Hello Dorte, I saw a question on the website, has anybody answered you? And she wrote later, no, you are the first one. And i was surprised you asked because it's 8 months since I wrote that question. And I was like, okay. And then I started to write with this girl. I didn't know who she was. She didn't know who I was. She said she believed in God. I was a Christian, but it could mean a lot in Denmark because everybody's a member of the state church and called themselves Christian in some, in some ways. So I asked her, Have you ever experienced God? And she said, Yes, actually, I have, but I have never told anybody. Many years ago, there was a guy on TV who was praying for the sick through TV. I used a hearing aid, and I lay my hands on the ear when he was praying, nothing happened. But the day after, everybody started to speak so loud. So I went to the doctor to get my hearing aids checked, and I found out that I was healed. I didn't use, need to use the hearing aid anymore, and I've not used it since. And she didn't know who I was, so I wrote, is that me? And I sent a link from a TV program many years ago, where I prayed for the sick to a TV and many people got healed. And she wrote back, yes, this is you. And I asked her, shall we meet, where do you live? And she was living only 15 minutes from where I was living. So, so it's like, so clear that it was God who led me to go back and find this woman, this girl. I met with her, I met with her boyfriend. We sat down, shared the gospel, they repented, they got saved, they got baptized in water, they got baptized with the Holy Spirit. And daughter, she is really a person of peace, she's not a big super evangelist, but she was. A girl who was the door opener into her network, into her family, and this is what we need to find. We don't need to find super evangelists, we need to find the right person. And she was the door opener into that network. So, short day in a few days later, because of what happened with her, I got in contact with her sister through Facebook. Her sister had become a Muslim. And because I knew daughter, I could write to her sister and she write to me. And I asked her, I don't understand what can get a Danish girl to become a radical Muslim. I don't understand that. And she wrote something back. And I could see that she had only met religion. <laughs> this Ludan state church, and it was the only thing she knew about Christianity that way. So I wrote back, but what you need is Jesus, the life, and I sent my book to her, Christian Disciple Slave. She read that book, and she got saved. She came to us, and we baptized her sister. Now she was not a Muslim anymore. And I just want to show how we baptize, because in Denmark it's often cold, and it's not always we can baptize outside. So what we do, we found in our garden a barrel where rainwater was coming down, and we use that to baptize people. And it's fine, people can jump up in that and come down, and then they can sit there and down with the head and up again. Sometimes we can take water in it outside. We can also, if really cold, take it inside under the shower, fill it up and baptize people there. It just needs to work, it just needs to be practical and she got baptized in that. And then we started to disciple them and because we not only took them to a church and let them sit on the bench and do nothing, but instead disciple them. A few weeks later, Philip, or daughter and her boyfriend Philip wrote to me that, hey, tonight, other sister and husband want to repent and get baptized in water and the Holy Spirit. So tonight we are going to baptize them." And I was like, yes, amazing, just do it. And they have been Christian a few weeks, and there they baptized them. And I talked to them in the evening after they have done it, and they said, oh, it was so amazing. We baptized them, and and after they came out of the water, we sat down in the living room and prayed. And the Holy Spirit came over them, and they started to speak in tongues. And I love that, because this is discipleship. And I asked them, uh, how, how did you baptize them? I want to know where, because they didn't have what I baptized people in. So they said, no, no, we didn't have that, but, but we baptized them in a garbage can. And I am like, what? Yeah, but because in Denmark, we have garbage cans like that, and they look almost like this. So they ba- took one of those in, cleaned them, found out that they are big enough, put water in it atop so water could come out also, and there they baptized them dead. And I was like, amazing picture. Out with the garbage, up with the new man. Later, her other brother repented, got saved, because that family started to pray really intense for the other brother. And suddenly he wrote to me, Oh, I've not been sleeping the last two weeks. I'm a sinner. I need forgiveness. And, and, and he got saved. His girlfriend got saved, and so on. And his mo- her mother and the brother got baptized. And a lot of things happened. And I think nine people out of her got baptized. And they started to meet as our own church in the beginning there, but now they're working different places. All of that started out of finding that one person. But it ended there because daughter and her boyfriend Philip, they got married and I got the chance to marry them. Later, her other sister who was a Muslim got married to a friend and I married them. Later, the same year, her brother got married and I married them. So in one year we had three weddings and I married all of three couples. And now I know the whole family, because we have met them to a wedding. All of that started because I knew what I was looking for, a personal peace. And at one time it was my church, that fellowship. Philip, daughter's, daughter is like a big daughter for me. She's an amazing girl. Philip is, is my best friend. Philip, Philip, he's the one who's sending the Pioneer School out to people, he's the one who's sending the Pioneer School emails out to people. So this is Philip, and all of that started because instead of just going around and don't know how to look and what to look for, I took Jesus' word and start to obey it, start to pray, and start to who is the person of peace? Who is the person of peace I'm going to find? And it's so clear here because I found a person of peace. We met if I have from the beginning just invited them to a church and everything have to be in church. They have never been in a free church before, so I was not sure if they will come. But I'm sure that her sister, who was a Muslim, would not just come to a church because she didn't need to meet religion or church. She needed to meet Jesus. But when they then have Experience salvation in Jesus. They are open to go any place to be together with their brothers and sisters. And, and, and I think it's so clear to show that what is church? Church is a living organism, church is to find a personal peace meet with them, and out of one person, other people get saved, other people, and then it's spreading. And suddenly it's spreading to a new person of peace, and out of that, a lot of of other people get saved, and so on, and so on, and so on. Another example about staying in their house uh, was a girl I met a few years ago, who got healed in her knees. she got healed in the knees and uh, she got saved, baptized in water, Holy Spirit. He, her mother was in a state church, a uh, believer, but have not come through yet with baptism and the Holy Spirit. But I got in contact with the family because of the daughter who got saved. And I met with the mother and I said, well, let's have a gathering in your house. Invite your friends and, and, and family and I will come and talk about Jesus. And she said to me, No, 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 nobody wants to come because I have come in the state church and I had tried to invite my friends for years and nobody would ever go with me in the church. And I told her, But this is different. You're not inviting them to a church now, you invite them to a house, to your house, where they have been many times before. So for them to come to your house and meet me is not a big step because it's, yeah. They have done it before. They have been there before. And she said, okay, okay, i do it, but I don't think there's going to come people. But she wrote an email, how her daughter daughter has got healed, how she met me, what has happened, how I'm going to come and pray for people and talk about God. She sent an email out to 17 of her friends. There came 16. Out of 17, there came 16 that evening, and she was totally in shock. And we have an evening, everybody was sitting in the living room, and one time there was a girl who was set free from a demon, and I was sitting down, come out, come out in the name of Jesus. And, And then I looked around and I saw everybody was sitting like that on the chair, like on the first row, and looking what was happening. And I was, hello everybody, hey this is a demon, this is what we read about in the Bible, so yeah, I just continue. Come out in the name of Jesus, and seek ourselves free from a demon. And, and the Bible become alive for everybody there, because they saw it on the first hand. And, and God started to work in them and do a lot of other things. And this is what we can see. If we start to take those simple things Jesus is saying, we will experience amazing things. We will experience that He is with us. And maybe you don't have a garbage can to baptize in or have this, but the people who got baptized in Turkey got baptized in a bathtub. So so it's not so much how you do it, it's just to do it. So this is the Simple things Jesus have commanded us. So what should you do? What should I do? We should obey those things. We should un- open, get our eyes open, understand we have it. We should pray God to send our workers. Then we should go out ourselves. When we go out, we will see God provide. We will pray and seek for that person peace. Until we find that person peace, we're going to find a lot of other people who's not ready to receive. Then we just take the door, stuff our hands and go to next. Maybe you should stop or meet 100 people before you find that one. But when you find that one, it can open a lot of doors, like Daughter. It, it became my family, it became my friends, it became our church. <laughs> one personal peace. So it's so important we do those things. There's also more we shall. This is what Jesus said we shall do. And I've here written that we shall. Because what shall we do when we then find those persons who's ready to receive or who want to hear more? What shall we do when we find them? We should help people to repent into repentance. This is what I've written here. So when we find p- people, we should help them to repent and believe in God. They cannot repent if we don't talk about repentance. They cannot repent from their sin if we don't talk about sin. And therefore I have to take time on the Pioneer School to talk about how to share the gospel, where I show how to share it. That's why I've been talking about all the things on the Pioneer School when it comes to preaching and healing and kickstarting, because now we need to do it. Now we need to do it. Not only theology, not only listen to lessons, it's time to do it. So we need to help people to repent, to repentance, because they cannot do it themselves. We need to baptize them in water, or you need. You need to baptize them in water. And I want to show you an example who make it clear that it's up to us to do it. It's up to you to do it. Try to imagine, I meet a guy who wants to get saved, who's ready to repent, and who wants to get baptized. If I say to this new guy, who don't know so much about it, but he just has heard the gospel, he wants to get baptized. If I say to him, Okay, go and get baptized, and see you later, bye bye. If I just say to a new person, go and get baptized, see you later, how big chances is there for him to get baptized? I believe almost zero. Because he will not go and baptize himself. He will not be able to do it, he don't know how to do it, he don't know what it's all about. But we, of course, would not say something like that to people. We will not say, go and baptize yourself. Because we know that to get baptized, they need people to baptize them. They need somebody more, they need us, because they cannot just go and baptize themselves. But the same with every other thing, with repentance. But we have to go and repent. No, we shall sit down with them, go through the uh, Ten Commandments, show them what sin is. Give them the bad news before we give them the good news so they know what sin is, so they can repent and experience forgiveness. We need to help them to repent because they cannot do it alone. We need to baptize them because they cannot baptize themselves. And we need to baptize them in the Holy Spirit. This is those three simple steps we need to do when it comes to salvation. So you need now to find people who don't have those three simple things, and you need to help them to do it. Maybe one of the persons you need to find is already in the church. If you know people who's in the church who are not baptized with the Holy Spirit, if you know people in church who are not baptized in water, then do it. Then do it. Don't wait. Jesus has commanded you to do it. Then find them. Sit down with them and get it done. This is what he has commanded us to do. Get it done. And when we have seen people around us repent, baptized in water, baptized with Holy Spirit, we do the next thing. We help them to obey Jesus. Or not a word. We kickstart them. So when we have found that person of peace, that person we need to see get safe now and work with. We help them to repent. Baptize in water, baptize with the Holy Spirit. And then we help them to obey Jesus by sitting down with them and going through those things with them. If you are, if you, or just let them go through the pioneer school. It can be a good beginning if you don't know how to go through those things. But go through those things with them. Share the word with them, what Jesus has commanded them to do. And then you kickstart them. Not only kickstart them to heal or sick, kickstarting them in preaching the gospel, kickstarting them in, um, in uh, baptizing people in water, in finding the person peace, in uh, repentance, in water, in everything. You need to learn them to do everything, kickstart them in baptizing people with the Holy Spirit. This is what we need to do. And suddenly we have more people who obey obeying Jesus, who go out and find a person of peace, who see God is with them, who grow, who heal and say, preach the gospel, who help people to repentance, baptism water, baptism with the Holy Spirit, and train them and send them out and do the same. And send them out and do the same. And that is how the movement is going to explode. And again, if you have not tried it before, then try. I know some many out there need to be kickstarted themselves. But I was just in Sweden with somebody who have not been kickstarting healing the sick. But suddenly there was a need, so I said to him, "Now you had to go and kickstart him." But I have not done it myself. It don't matter. You can do it afterwards. And he took somebody out just as I told him to do it. And he said to the other, Now you pray. And that person got healed. So he kickstarted somebody before he was kickstarting himself. And afterwards he could do it himself. And, and that's why we don't have any excuse. We need to obey Jesus. I just want to show a little video clip because when I was in uh, Turkey, I have a video from Turkey, and you have to see that, the Kingdom of God in Turkey. You see a lot of things in the video. One of the things you see is, that uh, we are in a shop and we pray for one with band in the hand, and he got healed. And then there was a girl with me, uh, who have invited us, who was translating. So I said, now it's your turn, pray. And she prayed. And he got healed with the food afterwards. And I asked her, have you ever done that before? She said, yes, I prayed before, but nobody have got healed before. But why did people suddenly get healed? Because now see, because she was in that environment, and I told her how to do it, and she had just seen the other one got healed. It created faith in her. Before she hoped that something would happen, but suddenly she knew now it's going to happen, and it happened and she prayed for many other people later who got healed. But I want to show a picture, a little video clip from there, because there was a guy, young guy who was eight years old, and the father asked me if I could pray for his son, because he wanted to get baptized with the Holy Spirit. And I was like, he was only eight years old, but okay, let's pray. And here on the video, you see how I pray for people, and it's really strong because I just take his hand, lead him through like a prayer of repentance, and then I pray for him and let the Holy Spirit walk. And I pray in tongues and continue praying in tongues and praying for him. And what you're going to see that when I continue praying in tongues, suddenly the Holy Spirit come over him. And he's so strong because you just see it in his mouth. And look at his face when you see this video because suddenly you can see the Holy Spirit come and he starts to say the first words. And you're going to see that clip now. How old are you? Eight. Eight. Okay, do you love Jesus? Yeah. But I just pray for you. Yeah. Can you stand there? Close your eyes. Just relax. And pray after me. God, I believe in you. I believe in you, Jesus. I ask you right now. Come with your Holy Spirit. Fill me up.
1: Adaptize me.
0: Right now. In Pa do 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 koske sala bada dada gas kas <laughs> kas sala bada dada dada gas kas kas sala bada dada kas kas sala dada dada gas kas kas sala da kas kas sala bada the go, 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 more. go, 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 more just How is that?
1: Awesome! Awesome.
0: (laughs) Eight years old, just got baptized with the Holy Spirit. So here you saw how I did it. And if you have not done it before, try to do the same. Take their hands, get them to relax. Prayer, prayer with them. Uh, Salvation. God, come, come with your Holy Spirit, come and set me free, come and save me, I want the Holy Spirit. Just pray with them, it's not their words, it's their heart. Pray with them, and then speaking tongues over them, pray for them, and you will see how the Holy Spirit is coming over them. So somehow this is what Jesus says, and what we should do, and what we should do. We should go out in the harvest, we should find a person of peace. You can also pray God to lead you. I think it's so, important. Have your eyes open. Pray every day. Come into that life. Who do I have to look? Who is the person in peace? And suddenly, like me, you find, whoa, there was one there. Or like the one who was translated for me. There was one there. Or like the one we baptized for me ran. There was one there. Just pray. Be open. Come into this life. And do what Jesus has said there. Help him to repent help them baptize in water, baptize the Holy Spirit, help them to obey Jesus. If you cannot do this alone, (laughs) then find some other people. (laughs) This is what it's all about. You don't need to do it alone. Find one, two other Christians you know. Sit down with them. Go through this teaching here, and then say, let's do it. And start to do those simple steps. When you do those simple steps, then Jesus, he's going to do what he came to do. Then Jesus will build his church. And often we are so focused on building church and what is church, but Jesus has not commanded us to build church, he has commanded us to do those things. And then Jesus will build his church. And this is what's interesting because the church is a living organism. Like with daughter, it became there. What we have seen with many people. Sometimes we meet a few people, and and they start in the house and become a new house church, a new fellowship. Other times they start, but then it somehow stop growing and it go into new groups who's already there, churches who's there. Other times it split up and it go and became more groups. It's so different from time to time. Because we should not control it, we should let the Holy Spirit take it the way it's going. We are not called to build churches, we are called to make disciples, to do those things, and then Jesus will build his church with those people and let it grow the way he wanted to grow. Don't focus so much on, oh, they belong to us or they belong to them. No, just do those things, make disciples. And Jesus will build his church. I want to challenge you. One day Jesus is going to come back, and you're going to stand in front of him, and he's going to ask you what you have done with those things he has given you, what you have done with the calling. And he sometimes is saying some radical things, but I mean Luke 6:46, he's saying. Why do you call me Lord, if you don't do what I say? And if you see of the judgment, many people are going to be surprised in the judgment, because somebody took what God had given them and buried it down. They didn't obey Jesus' words. And it's so important that we, we, we don't just don't care. <laughs> it's so important that we do something about it. And one day, in the future, we are all going to stand in front of God, in front of Jesus. But I want to challenge you. And I said, imagine that you are going to stand in front of me instead in two months. And I want to challenge everybody of you on the Pioneer School. And I will give you two months from today on. In two months, I'm going to send a letter out to everybody on the Pioneer School. I'm going to do that again and again. And I will ask you, what have you done? What have you done with those simple steps behind me? I want to see some result. And let's imagine I'm going to meet you in two months now. So from today on, in two months, I want you to obey this and do those steps. Start now. What will you do? Then you will start, okay. What do I have to work with? Okay. Do I have some friends, somebody who's Christian, I can do it together with? Then you will meet with them, you will share the vision with them, and then you will start to do it together. Then you will say, okay, who do I know who are not baptized in water in the church or my friends who are not baptized with the Holy Spirit, who are not repentant. Then you find them, you sit down with them, you go through the teaching. Maybe take one of the lessons on the piloting school about baptism, water. You go through that with them. When they see what it's all about, then you baptize them. When you go through the Holy Spirit and you pray for them, they receive the Holy Spirit. So you look now who do you have? Who do you know who needs those steps? Who do you know, who need to kickstart? And then you will get them. You will talk with them and you will kickstart them. When you meet people who will not receive, then just brush the dust off and then go to the next one who wants to receive. Them. So you will start to disciple Christians. You will also start to go out to find the person peace. So you will meet with your friends, you will pray the Lord to send more workers, you will pray God to lead you to the personal peace, and then you will go out. And you will find people, and you will start to meet different places. And you will just focus on one thing and one thing alone. This. Do that the next two months. You are not allowed to focus on the church. Forget church next two months. Focus on making disciples, as Jesus has commanded you. Make disciples to get Christians to obey Jesus and reach new people and obey in Jesus. Do that. If you do that, your life will change the next two months. And many people around you will change the next two months. If I come back after two months, I will then say to you, now, I want to hear what have you done, what have happened the last two months. You then say, okay, okay, uh, we have three people we have know, Christian who have got baptized in water. We have two who have got baptized with the Holy Spirit, they are so amazing. One of them have got kickstarted and one of the other need to get kickstarted. We have also met with people of peace, we have met. It, uh, we have met with them in the city, and we are working of two, on two of them now. There is one who I've got saved, and we are working with him to reach his networks, and we are discipling him to obey Jesus. And, and also we are also meeting sometimes in the evening and praying with my ch- ch- Christian friends, and so on and so on and so on. So what you have done the last two months is so different. From what you are doing today maybe. <laughs> what you have done is so different from time to time from places to places. Sometimes you are out on the street, evangelizing. Other times you are sitting on a cafe sharing the gospel. Other times you are sitting in a private home talking about baptism water. Other times you are out baptizing. <laughs> Other times, you are meeting in another private home, praying together with your friends about those things. Other times, again, you are meeting early in the morning before people are going to work where you are praying with your friends. Other times, you are meeting late in the evening with uh, two other people and talking about Jesus and confessing sins. So it's so different what you are doing during the week. It all is different times. It's different places you meet. It's different what you are doing from place to place. And after two months, people have been changed around you. And you are changed. You are living a total new life. And then I will look at you and say, do you love it? And you say, I love it. This is what I've been longing for my whole life. And then I will say, what you have done the last two months is church and do say what this is church yeah yeah but but we we didn't meet in a building <laughs> but it's church yeah but, but we didn't have a staff this is church yeah yeah but we didn't have the same program uh, time after time this is church yeah but we didn't have a budget this is church this is Church! Church is to love God, love your neighbor, and make disciples. So you don't need a meeting. You don't need a program. You need to obey Jesus. Do what he has called you to do. Be together with people. Help them to obey Jesus. Kickstart them. When you do that, then you are church. You are doing what is church, what Jesus came with. Yeah, maybe you are doing that and at the same time coming to a bill on Sunday. You can do that. I don't say that you are not allowed to do that. But take the next two months. Focus on what Jesus has called you to. And then in two months, write to me. Just send us your email with... Very short. How many have got kick started? How many have got baptized and repented? Baptized in water, baptized Holy Spirit. How many have you started? Have you find a person peace? Have you started a new church after that, or have it become people got saved and started in traditional church who was already there? Just let it grow the way it's growing. This is church. I know. Then yeah, but what about what about? Eldership. The Bible said that there is elder in the church. Elders in the church, there's more. And I want to say yes, there is. In Titus, Paul is saying that he looked Titus stay behind to order what there were lacking, to appoint elder in every city. So, but that didn't start with appointing elders, they start with making disciples. Because a new safe person cannot be our elder. People have to grow up and they have to go a certain time to see who is the elder, who has potential to do those things, to see how things are growing. And this is one of the problems I did some years ago. Because when we start to, to build church and, and live like this, I, I was so much into the system because of my religious classes. So I started to announce, we are a real church, we have our eldership here, I'm a pastor, and we started with those things. And to many ways it's crazy to do that, because I was just together with some new safe people and, and disciples. But I thought in my mindset, I had to ha- start with those things to be a real church. But no real church in the first church started with those things because everything was pioneer work. You don't start with an elder, you don't start with with those things, you start with this. You start with making disciples and then see how it grows, grows natural. And some and, and then suddenly you maybe end up with a bigger group where, where there is elders who are working and training out of their house, and then the five form ministry come and help them, so it don't become religion. So it don't become what we see today. They came and equipped them. Come on, you have to continue, you have to grow like this, you have to grow like this. So forget church, forget what you think, churches, do those things the next two months. And we are going to see a movement that's going to change the world in a few years. If every Christian just starts to do those simple steps, the world is going to get changed. Do you want to obey Jesus? Then it's time to practice what you have learned through the Pioneer School. When I talk about those things, it's not only to get a lot of theology. Now it's time to do it. Do this. Find somebody who can help you (laughs) and start to do it. This is what I want to share. Next time I'm going to end the Pioneer School up. I'm going to send you all out also and going to share another important thing. And uh, look forward to that and uh, then see what God is going to do. I will pray now. God, God, I'm excited. God, I'm excited about this message. I'm excited about the simple calling you have given us, Jesus. It's so simple what you have called us to, Jesus. Everybody can do it. It's not for a super evangelist, it's not for a few people, select people, it's for the whole body, it's for everybody, Jesus. Jesus, I pray that this teaching would help people here to not be deceived. By only here in the world, but this simple Jesus is going to help them to do it. God, I pray that you are going to send them out as workers in the harvest. You are going to lead them and help them to find the person of peace. They are going to see them repent, baptize in water, Holy Spirit. Then they are going to kick start them and help them to obey you, Jesus, so that both go out and do the same and so on and so on. And we are going to see a Great movement all over the world, Jesus. Thank you, because you say when we go out, you are with us. So I pray for those people who've seen this teaching, that you open their eyes and their ears and help them to listen to you. Help them to see who's the first person they need to go through. Who's the person of peace that is in their life they need to reach as the first one. Come with your spirit, I ask you in the name of Jesus. Amen. Exciting. I look forward to hear a lot of testimonies. Two months from today. Start doing these simple things. And I'm going to continue next week. And uh, my wife Lene is now going to sing a song. And uh, see you later. God bless you.